Yeah, yeah. Well, one more time, thanks again for being here today on this Sunday. Oh, man, I am so excited. Hey, just before we get to uh, our series on Joshua today, I just want a quick reminder. I know it was mentioned, but, man, the next two weeks, come on, the next two weeks on the Christian calendar, they're kind of a big deal, all right? So I encourage you, next week is Palm Sunday. We've got something awesome planned for that. Maybe maybe this is the uh, the week where maybe you start putting the invitations out there, the feelers. You, you know, you know your, your neighbor, your co-worker, your loved one, um, believe it or not, they, they may be open, right? They may be open uh, to being a part of these next two weeks. So I just encourage you, put the invite out there. Of course, Easter is going to be amazing, amazing. So uh, be praying, be praying for God to really move. He's going to move, but in his way, right? And, and so, man, what a great time to invite. Hey, we're continuing our series today. On Joshua, strong and courageous. He was known for that. And last week we talked about how Joshua officially, finally, he becomes the new leader of Israel after the passing of Moses. And we talked about how God told Joshua to get ready, get ready, get ready. There's a a preacher I like who's known for that, (laughs) Bishop Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And, and, he, and he says, get ready, get the people ready, because uh, we're going to cross that Jordan River and we're headed towards the promised land that I have for you. So today, of course, I want to talk about Joshua. I want to talk about the hero that you're going to see him become. And by the way, even today in Israel, Joshua is revered as a hero. But I also, at this point in the story, There's another hero that comes about. And this hero is an unlikely hero, but this hero must be recognized. And so I want to talk about this unlikely hero for just a couple of minutes here. And we read about her, not only in the book of Joshua, but she's brought up again because she's really important to our faith in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. It's two verses, and this is what the New Testament book of Hebrews says about this unlikely hero. Verse 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho Jericho fell. We're going to be talking about Jericho uh, in in the future here. But faith, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, here she is, The prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. I want to talk for a couple of minutes here of this unlikely hero, this prostitute named Rahab. She was a prostitute living on the inside of Jericho. In fact, Scripture says that she had a little apartment, and the apartment was actually built into the walls of Jericho. Joshua sends spies uh, to scout out uh, the inside, to see what's going on there, to get some secrets, to come back with some ideas so they can put together the plan to overrun Jericho. And so these spies entered into the city, and the Lord, it's fascinating, the Lord directs them to this prostitute named Rahab. And Scripture says that she has a clear experience with God 
And now she understands that he is the only true God, the God of Israel, Jehovah Jireh. She has this encounter, this experience, and she realizes that these spies are actually God's people. So what does she do? She freaks out and she kicks him out and says, I don't want anything to do with it. That's not what she did. She has this encounter with the one true living God, and she realizes the people that she's dealing with. These spies are actually God's people. And so what does Scripture say that she does? She hides them from her own people. Because she knows if her people find out, they will kill them. But something happens in this woman's life. And so she hides them and she says to them, because I hid you, because I'm keeping you safe, I beg you because your God is the one and only true living God. We know that y'all are coming for us. Would you please spare me and my loved ones? So here's a prostitute who ends up being a hero in this story. Let me just say that again. God used a prostitute to do his work. Don't tell me that God won't use who he wants to use and when he wants to use them. So, I don't have enough time to riff on this, but so often we put God in a box and we say God only uses these people over here. But sometimes God will even go outside of your box and he will use a prostitute. Just saying. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, a prostitute? I mean, how can I relate to that? How could she relate to me? What, 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 what if anything, could she coach me in today? What, what, what in the world? How could I relate to a prostitute in any way? You need to understand that most of us in this room have experienced selling ourselves to something. I would venture to say that we have all given ourselves away in some way or another in our lives. Maybe you sold yourself to a lie. And the lie was, if I can just be good enough, if I can just stay out of trouble, if, 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 I can, if I can just, 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 just white-knuckle it and be really good, then I will gain the affection of God. And so, and so, you, and so you just, oh, that whole time, and, right? Or, 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 or maybe, maybe you're in here and it was actually to some, someone else. You gave yourself away. You put hu- humanity, you put that person over God. And that person left you, or that person abused you, and you had already given yourself over to them. We've all experienced selling ourselves to something, and for some of us, someone. So here's what I want to say right here. I, I, I come to encourage you this morning, because if Rahab wanted to share something with us today, and I believe she would, I believe that she would tell us about her supernatural revelation that she has with God. How about how, how in the middle of that brothel, in the walls of Jericho, the Lord started revealing something to her. And I believe that she would share that experience with us. And I want to unpack that for a few minutes here. Joshua chapter 2, 
starting in verse 8. You can see it on the screens here. It says, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you guys. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Yeah, we, we, we heard about that. We saw that on social media. On fa- we, we watched that video. It was, it was scary, man. And when we heard of it, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. Here it is. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. I love that we can see her heart change right there written out in scripture. She wasn't just looking to save herself. That's what I want you to understand. It wasn't just about saving herself. She was acknowledging and she was professing the Lord as the one true God. And not only that, her God. It was in that moment, it wasn't just spare me, she was saying to everybody, he's now my God. Something happened in this woman's life in that moment. So if Rahab was standing here with us today in the flesh, I believe that she would explain the realizations that she encountered to risk everything to be on the side of the God of Israel. And it's three supernatural realizations. And that is, number one, realize that God sees you where you are. My friend, today you have to realize that even in the middle of your darkest hour, in the middle of what you perceive as evil, in the middle of your sin, if you will, at your lowest point, you have to understand that God isn't looking away from you. He isn't walking in the other direction. No, my friend, in the middle of your mess, he sees you, and he still calls you daughter. He still calls you son. He loves you today. Understand that God saw Rahab in the middle of her sin, in the middle of her serving false gods, (laughs) uplifting false gods and paganism, in the middle of her life of prostitution that she may have even been forced into, in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all that, he begins to move on her heart. God didn't have Joshua go in and kidnap her didn't go in and capture Rahab and demand that she cleaned up her life before she could go before him. No, God sought her out in exactly the place where she was. He saw her right dead center in the middle of a brothel in Jericho. You need to hear that today. Whatever darkness you are surrounded by, whatever sin you're in the middle of, God sees you, and you are, I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are here because he's been drawing you. He's been drawing you. 
Those watching online, you've tuned in because he, 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 has, he has pulled you into him. He's been calling you, calling you. He sees you today. That's the first realization, the supernatural experience that Rahab had. I believe that that's what she would have communicated to if she was standing right here, all right? So realize that God sees you where you are. The second one is realize what God is offering you today. You've got to realize what he's got, some, he's got stuff for you. Verse 12, now then, here she is, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, all who belong to them, and that you, that you, God, that you will save us from death. Our, look, at, look at this. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't if you don't tell what we are doing, we're spying, right? We will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding. It's not going to happen unless you do this. Unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord, a red cord, in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. So they say, we, we got to know where you're at. You got to get a, a, a rope that's red, just hanging out the window, and, we, and we, it'll be a symbol, a sign to us. Now, theologians agree that the red cord here that Rahab tosses out the window, the cord, the color of blood, represents Jesus and the redemption that he offers. But the symbol goes further. The reason those Jewish men even had a red cord to begin, with, to begin with, the reason why they had that cord was because it served a very specific purpose. They all understood the, the, the powerful representation of it. Now, it comes from a story out of the book of Genesis, the, the representation, the meaning behind this symbol. And it comes from the account of the birth of Judah and Tamar's twin sons. Um, it goes back, and, and, and what happened was, when the woman went into labor, Scripture says that one of the twins' hands stuck out, and the midwife actually uh, tied a scarlet rope, uh, uh, string or rope around the twin's wrist. This red cord, it was tied around the wrist, signifying who the firstborn was. Now, that doesn't mean much to us in our Western modern culture, uh, but in that ancient world, and even to this day, birthright was and is everything. What does it mean? It means that when Rahab hung that scarlet cord that was given to her from Joshua's men, it was a symbol that she was now an heir. She now had the right, not only to her freedom, but also she had possession of everything that God had for her. The firstborn, don't miss this, the firstborn in that culture always got a double portion. So when she hung that out, 
She was saying that I'm now an heir of the Almighty God. Don't miss this. When you begin to understand just how much God has for you, when, you be, when, when, this, when this clicks in your spirit that he not only wants to save your soul because that's what he wants to do, but he also wants you to take possession of everything in this life that he has for you, it will be a life-changing, supernatural revelation that it, it, it won't only make it easier to walk away from your old dead ways, of course that will, but, but it, will, it will inspire you and encourage you and thrust you into all that he has for you. So not only did the Lord in that next few days, not only did the Lord save Rahab, not only did he spare her entire family from destruction, but because of her obedience and real, realization of all that he had for her, God made her, watch this, the great grandmother of Jesus Christ himself. Let me say that again. The prostitute became the great grandmother of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Rahab the prostitute, one of only four women Named in the entire ancestral lineage of Jesus, the Messiah of God. Four women. And she was one of them. The great grandmother. I believe Rahab would tell us if you could only realize that God sees you where you are. Things will change in your life. If you could only realize what God is offering you. I'm telling you, it will, it, will, it will keep you going forward when you want to quit. Here's a third one. Sean, you can come back. And that is realize that God is not afraid of your past. He's not afraid of your past. There was a book written in the 1960s <clears throat> titled The Cross and the Switchblade. And... It was written about the life in Christian ministry of a family member of mine, my uncle David Wilkerson. Uh, and this book went on to sell over 30 million copies worldwide. A uh, 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 movie was uh, in this. Pat Boone did a movie. He was a, like a rock star back in the day, from what I've been told. I, I, I'm like, I don't know. This is like, this is, this is a long time ago. Uh, and, uh, but the long and the short of the story is my Uncle David was a, he was just a, a, a preacher, a pastor in a little small town in western Pennsylvania, farm town, you know. Uh, dirt, poor. And he read an article in Life magazine of teenage street gangs. This is the late 50s. Um, street gangs in Brooklyn, New York, New York City, um, and and the and the drug uh, epidemic at that time. It was and it was it was jar when this article came out in America. It was one of those things where there were so many Americans like they were just like had had no idea kind of a thing. You know, like this was really and something happened in him, and it uh, the Holy Spirit began to work 
on him through that article, and he felt the Spirit of God say, it's time for you to leave your comfort zone in this little town and uproot and move to New York City, and I'll tell you what to do when you get there, essentially. Don't you hate that, by the way? Man, I hate that. Um, So he did. Dirt, I mean, you talk about a radical, no, no, nothing, no money, and inserts himself into drug-riddled, crime-riddled, pain, poverty, one of the boroughs in New York City, and just starts inserting himself physically into parts of the city that were run by these, these street gangs. And he would just simply start, you know, relationships, if you will, and, and that would open doors where he could just share the gospel. And if you read the book, on one occasion, a, uh, one of the leaders of one of these street gangs, Nicky Cruz, uh, rolls up on him. He was a leader of a, a very popular street gang called the Mau Mau's, and they, they kind of, it was, that was their turf. And and they didn't like him there. The story goes that he, the part where the switchblade comes in is that Nicky Cruz, the book says that, pulled out a switchblade knife, you know what I'm talking about? And put it up to his throat. And he said, preacher, I could cut you into a million pieces right now. And David said, every, David looked at him and said, every one of those pieces would scream that Jesus loves you. And he, and the book goes on to say that that was like a turning point. It was like the Rahab moment for Nikki Cruz. And Nikki was horribly addicted to heroin. And in those days, you know, they didn't have the treatment. And so David said, I'll, I'll be by your side while you kick this thing cold turkey. And so for like a week, you know, just, oh, the agony, he, 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 he kicks it. And the two of them with other, obviously, local believers and through, through the generosity of so many in this country, too, went on to start Teen Challenge, which is a drug, Christian-based drug rehabilitation center that to this, to this day is the, is the number one most successful drug rehabilitation uh, uh, journey, if you will, institution, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. Five years ago, I was in Mumbai, India, and I was in the red light district. And the reason why I was there was not for shenanigans, okay? (laughs) Everyone's like, where's he going with this? (laughs) I was actually there because there's a teen challenge in the red light district of Mumbai, India, right now that offers all kinds of treatment, right? Why do I tell you all that, all that story? Because I think about Nikki Cruz. Today, he is traveling the world sharing the love of Christ, right? And you know what he's sharing? He's sharing the man he used to be. 
with people. You see, God wasn't and he isn't afraid of Nikki Cruz's past. Not only is he not, he actually has taken the pain and the suffering and, and the hurt that he, he put on other people. <laughs> and he used that thing. And today, up in, for the, the decades and decades, hundreds of thousands of people, those are real numbers, have come to Christ because of Nikki Cruz's story. Because God's not afraid of Nikki's past. He's not afraid of JF's past. He's not afraid of St. Paul's past. I don't know if you remember that, but before Jesus, he was a local terrorist, right? Killing Christians. Some of us don't even realize, realize this. Paul didn't even start his ministry until he was 40 years old. Because he spent all those other years hurting people. Paul, and you read all throughout his letters, he's constantly referring back to who he used to be. And I know for a fact that so many people decided to say, maybe this is real because we remember who he used to be. And if Jesus can do that for him, I'm sure he can do it for me too. I believe that so, so much of Paul's success was attributed to his story and what Jesus did. If you remember that story on the road to Damascus, he has a supernatural encounter with the Spirit of Christ. So many of us think that our past, whether it's 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago, catches the Lord off guard. Or, my, or maybe I've, I've interacted with people like this too, who after they say yes to Jesus and, and they want to shove, they want to they keep that part of their life private. They want to hide that because they're ashamed of it. And that, by the way, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He'll keep you in shame as, 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 in, in, in any way they can. But I love this part, and then we're going to pray. I read it earlier when the book of Hebrews lists Rahab. And I like to use this phrase, she is in the hall of fame of, you know what I'm talking about? In the heavenly hall. If there's a heavenly hall of fame, I don't know if there is, but you get what I'm saying. It's very, the, the description can't be overlooked. It says Hebrews chapter 31, we just read it, by, by faith. Now we're in the New Testament now. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. It doesn't say the great-grandmother of Jesus. It doesn't say by faith, the great-grandmother of Jesus, Rahab. It doesn't say that. It says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, even though she was the great grandmother of Jesus Christ. Scripture lists her past because the Lord wants to use it. He's not afraid to continue that label because it has impact and, and it's changing people's lives even to this day. He wants to use her past. He wants to use Nikki's past. He wants to use JF's past. He wants to use your past as well. Your testimony of what Jesus has done in your life 
will help other people who may find themselves battling and, 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 and trudging through and, and dealing with the same thing that you once dealt, dealt with that Jesus set you free from. And the thing that's going to uh, uh, allow them to truly lay that at the foot of Jesus is you saying, I did it then too. That was me. You've got to realize that he's not afraid of your past. He can use it. Realize it. We're going to pray here. Realize that God sees you right where you are. Maybe you're here today and, and you're in the middle of a dark place. Maybe that you even put yourself into and you walked through this door because a different type of theology said part of coming on Sunday is you're, you're paying for your salvation. You're here because maybe, maybe, maybe God will see it. Oh, maybe, look, looks, looks like she's giving it a try. Oh, maybe I'll give her a try. No, 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 no. The Spirit of God brought you here, led you here. He loves you. Nothing you can do about it. He wants to be a part of your life. All you have to do is receive him. How do we gain salvation? It's through belief in Jesus Christ, that's all. Acknowledging who he is. You got to realize that he's offering you something. Lots of somethings, if you will, and that he's not afraid of your past. Come on, bow your heads as we close here today. What a phenomenal Sunday. As we close, I wonder if you're in this room. And you're consumed with fear. You're consumed with anxiety. Um, you're, motiva- you're motivated by shame. A- every decision you make comes from a place of shame. Comes from a place of bitterness. Comes from a place of brokenness. You realize that you're stuck. You've never heard or even had the thought that God sees you. Your false theology has led you to believe that he's turned his back on you, that you are, you are too far gone, that he, uh, you have fallen from any type of future opportunity to be in relationship with him. So you've given up hope. I just want to say it again. My friend, he sees you where you are. Today is a new day. Next week, we're going to read the text in the book of Luke where we see Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that white colt. And the people waving palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. What they were saying was, liberate us, free us, lead us. Today, my friend, Jesus comes to you to set you free from yourself, to heal you. He sees you. He comes to you. And if you're willing to humble yourself, if you're willing to stop lying to yourself and saying you aren't good enough, that you're too far gone, 
maybe right now, you just say, Lord, I believe in you. I receive you. You see me right in the middle of my mess. The mess that somebody else created for me, the mess that I created for myself, combination of both. You see the things that my closest friends and loved ones, they don't even know about, but you see it. And you still love me. So I, I, I accept that. I accept that theology. I accept that truth. I accept that word over myself. So many people have spoken curses over me. I rebuke them and I receive your love, your forgiveness. God, I've made so many mistakes. I'm sorry for them. God, heal my broken relationships. God, point out the people that I need to say sorry to, ask forgiveness of. And I receive you into my life. I want all that you have for me. You have so many promises, blessings, gifts for me. I've lied to myself for so long that I'm unworthy. And fact of the matter, we all are. Because of his love, we now are accepted. Maybe you're here today and, and you're already a believer in that last thought that I mentioned about your past. Maybe today you want to make a commitment to not hide it anymore, to pretend that you didn't go through that season. And you're just going to make a little commitment to the Lord that, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm going to share that with people. Maybe there's, maybe right now, I don't know, the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged me on this thought. Maybe there's someone in your life right now that you haven't been honest with about who you used to be. But the second you are, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help set, set them free. Maybe God's putting someone on your, in your mind right now, in your heart. Maybe it's a, a loved one. Maybe it's someone in your office. Maybe it's someone in your, in your studies, in your class. And you're like, man, I, and, and, and maybe you're even listening right now to, what, to my voice. And you, 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 you've already been sensing this. The Holy Spirit's been already nudging you. You've just been afraid. God, I pray right now, give my friend right now who feels that, that conviction, that, that nudge to share who they once were with somebody. God, give them the boldness to do that, the timing the right place, how it's, how it's communicated. That's my prayer, Lord God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord God, that you, that you use broken people. God, you even use people that we deem as the worst of the worst. <laughs> that's, that's just who you are. And, and uh, books after books after books throughout this library that we call the Bible uh, describes those people, and I'm one of them. And I thank you, Lord God, that you've chosen each and every one of us, despite our brokenness, <laughs> despite the mistakes that we make, you still choose and use us. May that be a revelation in someone's heart today. We thank you. God, we're excited for the next couple of weeks here as as believers, millions and millions of believers, the next two weeks are united in remembering, celebrating, coming together, Palm Sunday and then Resurrection Sunday. God, I pray that you would bring people to this place, all over this community. God, if we just, if we just hit a thousand feet around us, Lord God, 
May people come and hear the gospel be set free. In Jesus' name, amen.